If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It is Monday, so it must be time to embrace debate. Welcome to the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, hosted by the Fans First Sports Network. Uh, you can catch us here on every major podcast platform, uh, and of course, the video on YouTube.com at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Desmond Johnson. Join every Monday morning at 1030 live with uh, two guys you're probably familiar with if you follow them on Twitter and if you're huge Carolina Panther fans from the four-man rush we got Monty in the house and from the cat uh, the Carolina Cat Chronicles we got Cody in the house and they're here to debate every single Monday morning we're here for you Uh, we know that a lot of a lot of you guys follow them on Twitter and watch these debates go back and forth as they uh, not just against each other but they're taking on all bums. Anybody who wants to come and you know throw a take in there, they'll, they'll, they will answer it. <laughs> so definitely go follow them. They're uh, all the smoke. All the smoke. They want all the smoke. Uh, we're going to get right into it. It's a quick, compact, about thirty minutes or so every uh, Monday morning. You can listen to it throughout the day. Uh, again, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, all the major podcast platforms. You'll be able to get the audio version of this on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network a little bit later on today. Make sure you rate and subscribe that. Guys, uh, we do got some folks rolling in as we're getting ready to go. Raya, uh, Latin list roll. And Jaysu. I don't know if I pronounced that right or not. I'm here. She's here for it. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get popping into some of these uh some of these questions that I pulled out for you guys for this week. I wanted a little bit more spice this week. I want us to, because I felt like there was too much kumbaya last week. We were pretty much agreeing <laughs> on everything, uh, the drafts in like less than 20 days. So we got some things we got to tackle. So 
one of the things that's been going on, and one of the things I noticed, uh, one of the ways to get these questions is just to follow your Twitter, Twitter handles throughout the week, pretty much, and just kind yeah. of see what people yeah. are throwing at y'all. Uh, and one of the things that keeps popping up is uh, the idea of the Panthers basically trading down to number two with the Houston Texans. Uh, there's a lot of uh, things, balls in the air in terms of why, why that would happen, why it shouldn't happen. Uh, and let's get your, your guys' opinions on this. So should Carolina consider a trade down with number two Houston? Uh, as it stands today, uh, Monty, let's start off with you. Uh, I'm a I'm a hard no. You know, I'm a hard no with, with trading down with Houston um, for multiple different reasons. Uh, you know, the biggest reason for me, um, like like I, I have multiple different reasons, but for me, you don't trade DJ Moore. Um, you know, I, and essentially, you lost your two best players last uh, offensively last year. With hey, hold, wait, hold on, Monty. I'm sorry. I got to. I got to. Before we go any further, I got to correct this. Uh, the, the guy Jay that I was uh, <laughs> trying to come on the show. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I, I didn't want to even say. It. Yeah, that's my dog Jay, man. I can't see his picture on my monitor. It, it's like real dark, and I, it looked like it was long hair. So I, I just guessed. My bad, Jay. I, I did not mean to slander your name. Uh, you know, you are not female. Um, the name I didn't. The name's running. It's running together. What is J J? I don't. I don't even know how to pronounce it. So J, my bad. Uh, Monty, I'm J sorry. J issue. That's a, that. That's the homie, man. Hey, it's love, J. It's love. Sorry, J. I'm sorry, man. My bad. Go, go ahead, no, Monty. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm a firm. I'm, I'm a firm knowing that. I, you know, I think you lost your two best offensive players last year in Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Uh, you know, and essentially we packaged either. You know, we packaged the pick from that Christian McCaffrey trade, and we packaged DJ Moore up to go get a quarterback. I, I don't think you do that just to trade, you know, to play chicken with Houston and trade back a spot, you know, and um, and I don't think Houston is going to pay the cost to get up to number one. Uh, you know, I, I think they do. I think there's real smoke that they love, um, you know, Bryce Young. We love Bryce Young as well from from everything that seems to be coming out over the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think it is the, is the best move to uh, to move back. You know, we control the draft, you know, go get your guy in and let Houston figure it out. <laughs> That's how I kind of feel. Cody, your thoughts on this? Should should the Carolina Panthers even entertain the notion of trading down to number two with the Houston Texans? Well, we're off to a good start because me and Monty already disagree on this, man. Absolutely, they should. Why not? Listen, all the rumors are the Houston Texans only want one quarterback. They want Bryce Young. And if they're willing to give us a first-round pick next year or this year, we would be absolutely dumb to not consider that, man. Not only could you recoup some draft capital, but listen, I know for a fact that there are people in that building that love C.J. Stroud. And I know a lot of people are on the Bryce train right now, but I do not see that much of a difference between either of them. You can make the case for either of them. So why would you not continue to build your organization for the future, recoup your first-round pick, get another receiver, or if you're picking at number 12, get another top-end defensive player. To me, I mean, if you're not in a position to finesse the Texans with Scott Fitterer, who is famous for wanting to trade down and acquire more picks in the draft, I think we would be dumb to not consider that at least as an option. And yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat, man. And also, the Texans, they have multiple first-round picks over the next three years. So they're not even hurting for it. I, I I believe that we should. I guess it comes down to two things. How badly does Houston want Bryce Young? And how badly do we want Bryce Young? Because if we want right. Bryce, it doesn't make any sense to trade down in the first place. Right. Like, 
I agree with Monty in terms of uh, and maybe maybe start next week. Maybe we start some kind of point system so we can kind of figure out like who wins these by the end of uh, each episode. But um, I, I kind of agree with Monty a little bit in terms of why go through the trouble of trading all the way up to one just to kind of sit there and eventually drop down a spot so you don't get the, the quarterback you may or may not want, per se. I have to assume that they traded up to one with the idea that they were going to get Bryce Young. Like they yep. went up for a specific name and they, but they were like, we're open to be, you know, have our mind changed. Like, cause we'll run the board at that point. So we'll do our due diligence. We'll, you know, see Anthony Richardson. We'll see Will Levis. We'll see CJ Stroud. If any of them pop more than what we've already saw on film, then maybe we'll consider it. But they've been very adamant that the combine, the dinners, the, the interviews, none, none of that weighs as much as the actual film. And if we're going off of just film over the past two years, it's Bryce Young. Like, it has to be him. He has to be the reason why they moved up to one. Otherwise, they could just trade it with the Texans for the number two pick to begin with and got C.J. Stroud, right? Like, why give up Why give up D.J. Moore? That's basically why I'm like, I don't know why they would do that if they gave up more to get up to one just to fall yeah. back to and you package your, uh, you know, part of that draft with C, uh, Christian McCaffrey was to get up to, you know, number one for, you know, for the quarterback. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, just don't, I just don't think it makes the, you know, makes the most sense. I get, you know, Cody, I get what you're saying about the draft capital. At this point, I think, you know, there's real smoke behind us really, you know, liking Bryce Young. And, and I don't believe that it makes them, even if Houston is willing to come up with those picks. And I just don't believe that's the case. I think you got to go get your you your number one guy, and I think Bryce Young has been the quarterback one all year. You know, I think the further and further we get away from games, the further and further we you know we make new narratives why he's not quarterback one. But you know, when you cut on the film over the last two years, he's been the best quarterback in my opinion. You know, in college football. You know, I feel like you got to go get your guy. Let me, let me ask you this, Cody, real, real quick yeah. though. What if they offered a first, but it's not this year? What if they offered like a twenty twenty four first? Are you still taking that? Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I mean, we gave up a first-round pick to move up to number one, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like, well, you gave up DJ Moore, so why would you go up for just a C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson if they didn't have the best film? Listen, man, sometimes the quarterback with the best film in college football does not then equal the best quarterback in the NFL. I think Justin Herbert was better than Tua Tagovailoa. I think Josh Allen was better than Baker Mayfield. And I think that you can make a similar argument with Anthony Richardson as as well. And if you're able to recoup some of those picks, and last but not least, I do not believe that the Houston Texans are going to come away from this draft without a quarterback. That is absurd to me. And if you only like one and you believe Bryce to be a franchise quarterback, why wouldn't you give a first-round pick to go up one spot, especially when you already have a ton of first-round picks from the Deshaun trade to the Cleveland Browns. So to me, it just makes sense. And then to also, too, I, I see both sides here. I'm just trying to look at it from the Carolina viewpoint in terms of why would they move down? Like, unless they soured off of Bryce. That's the only way I could really kind of justify it because then they could play with the board. Like, okay, well, we like these other two quarterbacks, too. Where can we move and still get one of those guys? But if they like Bryce, they want to be guaranteed they get him. I just don't see them trading off this pick. Uh I think including DJ in the trade is what's making it where it's kind of hard for me to swallow because it's yeah. if they if, if DJ Moore wasn't in that trade, then I could be like, okay, maybe you know they recoup one of those picks, right. you know that kind but of. I thing. love DJ, DJ Moore back, you know. I, I love DJ Moore, but receivers are replaceable, man. The Pittsburgh Steelers draft them in the second, third round all the time, 
and they go on to be superstars. I believe this is David Tepper giving his brand new, very expensive coaching staff, carte blanche, to go get the best quarterback in the draft, whoever they feel that is. Ooh, this is yeah. Let me say this: even in your Herbert better than Tua situation, Herbert wasn't quarterback one in that year, that that class though. Joe no, Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. Yeah. You, know, I mean, you know, so 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 even by using your that that argument, if we're going to buy the best clear cut number one quarterback, it was Joe Burrow, and and I think the closer we get to the draft. We're starting to see Bryce is the clear cut number one, you know. And I was gonna say in that in that draft, by the time we got to the draft, we kind of all knew Joe Burrow was going number Absolutely. one. Absolutely, he, he right. sixty touchdown. Like we knew it was going to be him. And that's then there was right. right below him with like two right. up, Herbert, uh, and Jalen Hurts was in that draft. That was a loaded point. Yeah, actually, yeah, was. Then. But that's why I, that's why I compared Herbert to Tua because playing in Alabama, Tua had so much better numbers, better completion percentage, better touchdown against better competition and Justin Herbert was in a rudimentary offense over there at Oregon. But I'm telling you right now, there is not a general manager in the NFL that would pick Tua Tagovailoa over Justin Herbert right now. So and Tua's kind of small in stature too. Not as small as uh, Bryce Young at all, but he's still one of those smaller compact type yeah. quarterbacks. So off to a good start here. Lots of people coming in. Uh, if you've got a comment or a take on anything that uh, the guys are talking about, let us know. If you've got a question for them you want them to debate, put it up here in the comment section uh, on Facebook Watch or on the YouTube video. We'll get to it hopefully before we get off the air this morning. Uh, number two this morning. Uh, the signing of former Panther Demir Bird uh, to the wide receiver room this past week. Does the signing of Demir Bird change the need for wide receivers in the 2023 NFL draft for the Panthers? Because I think a lot of us were looking at that pick 39 as a pick where they could go after a top-tier wide receiver possibly. With Bird coming in to a room that has Adam Thielen in it, uh, Terrence Marshall Jr. is in there. I think Shai Smith still signed with us. Uh, I mean, the room's getting pretty full, but there's no real, like, uh, top dog, like number one in there, I guess you could say. Uh, does that mean that they they're cool at wide receiver at this point? Or you think they're still going to go wide receiver hunting, Cody? Let's let's start off with you on this one. Yeah, I think they're cool at wide receiver. I mean, listen, you said that there's no real number one amongst all the guys that we have, but there's not that guy in the draft either. Like, I, I mean, Zay Flowers is my guy. I would love it if we could pick up Zay Flowers, but listen, when you uh, factor in Terrace Marshall Jr. Chark, Adam Thielen, now Demir Bird. Like, we have put ourselves up where we're going to be able to spread the ball around to a bunch of different guys. I really don't even feel like we need that true number one wide receiver. If they did, they should have went out and got a DeAndre Hopkins or an Odell Beckham Jr. The fact that they didn't means now we're in a position to go best player available. And if you're sitting there at 39 and you don't try and fill some of the holes that you have on your defensive line, in terms for another receiver, like just to get a, a Tank Dell or whoever ends up falling, that's another point too. Apparently the rumor is most of the NFL general managers are very low on this year's wide receiver class. So to me, it would probably be an overdraft anyway. We have to fill out some other holes on this team. Receivers should not be in play at 39. Money, we still looking for a wide receiver in this draft or uh, with Bird coming in, or do you feel pretty – okay with the wide receiver room uh, in Charlotte right now? 
I, I think you always add weapons. You know, I, I think you can never have enough weapons. Um, at 39, you know, I think I've been kind of clear about I don't know if I want to go a receiver at 39 unless somebody like Zay Flowers falls. You know, if he falls to 39, I'm running to the podium for Zay Flowers. You know, I, I think he is the wide receiver one in this class. I think that he has potential to be a wide receiver one in, in the league. But um, now for this, I do agree. At 39 with Cody, uh, I don't I don't think you go receiver. Uh, I do think you still have to add another receiver. Can never have too many weapons, especially when adding a rookie quarterback into the mix. Um, you always want to give him, you know, I feel like a loaded deck of weapons, as many weapons as you possibly as you potentially can. And not only that, injuries happen. You know, injuries are a real part of the um, you know the game. You know, DJ Chark is is coming off injuries. Uh, Adam Thielen is you know is he's on the better side of thirty now. Uh, you know, so I feel like you know even with Terrace Marshall Jr., we're 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 hoping that he makes that next step. But he's the wily veteran that's in the room, I guess. Yeah, right, right. You know, and then Terrace Marshall Jr. You know, we just we're hoping he makes that next step, but you know that has yet to be seen. So you still, I think you still have to add another weapon. Uh, you know, I think in in the third round, I think there's potentially a guy. You know, I like Marvin Mims. Uh, I've been very clear about liking Tank Dale as well. You know, if you can get one of those guys in the third, you know, I believe that's that's also something that you have to add. But I also think, fellas, that we're getting away from I believe tight end is still a real realistic option at 39 as well. You know, mm -hmm. I think if Darnell Washington is there at 39, I I would not be shocked at all, you know, if he was the pick. You know, I think tight end is, is a very realistic option. At Tank, Tank Dell, is that the guy that Steve Smith was talking about a couple weeks ago on his podcast? Yeah. From Tank Dell is, yeah, he played He's for, talked about a lot of them now. He played at Houston. Yeah, yeah. But he's a, a matter of fact. Over the last two seasons, I think he's led the FBS in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. You know, so he, yeah, so he's 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 a dog, man. I I, I would take I, that's another one in the third round if he's there. I'm running to the podium for. It. There's my two, go ahead. The last thing I will say, Desmond. My opinion goes out the window if Zay Flowers is sitting there at 39. I'm telling y'all <laughs> that man. That man is Steve Smith. Junior, junior, okay. Look, that that dude can do everything. I don't care about him being five nine. His route running is exceptional, man. He's going to be dicing up defenders in the NFL. If Zay Flowers is there, oh yeah, sprint to the podium. I, I, you know, five nine wide receiver doesn't bother me at all. Five nine quarterback no. does a little bit, but five nine uh, wide receiver, not so much. Uh, I'm just from watching Steve Smith basically hurdle dudes for like a decade. Like it, it's all about who wants it more at that. Yeah. Position, you know what yeah. I mean? And so, he separates on his own. Yeah. Like, even, so even if you even if you try and press him, he's still going to run away from you. He's still going to make separation and make space. Now I do like there are two wide, wide receivers. If they're sitting there and 39 comes up, uh, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, I like him, and uh, Josh Downs yeah. from uh, North Carolina. Although I expect both of them will probably be gone off the board by the time we get to 39, which makes me wonder: Do the Panthers trade up to land one of those wide receivers for this rookie quarterback to grow together? It makes sense uh, to have it, and they've got the coaching staff to actually. Uh, you know, make it happen. Um, speaking of that coaching staff, good segue there. Which yep. coach on the Panthers' offensive coaching staff is the most important when grooming a rookie quarterback going forward? And you've got a number of names to choose from from this uh, Avengers-like coach coaching staff that Frank Wright and company put together. Um, Monty, let's start with you. Who's the one coach that comes to mind uh, on the offensive side of things for the Panthers is going to be the most important when grooming a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young or, or Anthony Richardson? That's that's a loaded question, man. Like you said, there's there's quite a few names to pick from. I think there's a you know there's you just you know pick a name you know put your name out of hat and you know yeah. I feel like that's a good option. Um, yeah, I'm going to say the quarterback coach. You know, Josh McCown. I think Josh McCown. One, you 
he's a seasoned veteran, you know, at, at that position. And he's played the position before, you know. Um, I think that he knows what he's wanting in a quarterback. I think he knows what he's looking looking for. And I believe that relationship, I think that can't be overstated how important that relationship with the quarterback and his quarterback coach is, man. I think, you know, uh, Ken Dorsey doesn't get enough credit, uh, you know, when he was with here with Cam, you know, and then, you know, he goes with Josh Allen and Josh Allen also takes another step. I'm not saying it's all Ken Dorsey, but, you know, I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for, you know, for being that quarterback coach there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Josh McCown, could, you know, we could have that same impact with Rice or CJ. Um, you know, he spoke highly of both of them, you know, and, and I believe that, you know, he would be excited to get his hands on either one of them. You know, so that's pro- I probably would lean more Josh McCown than anything. Cody, out of uh, the offensive staff that's been added to the Panthers uh, this off- this offseason, who's the one name that comes to mind first when it when you when it comes to draft? Actually, let me rephrase this. Drafting a rookie quarterback, number one overall, which which offensive staff member makes you the most comfortable doing that? It's got to be Thomas Brown. The guy that's quite literally designing the playbook for the Carolina Panthers. And listen, we all know that Sean McVay is one of the premier offensive-minded coaches in the NFL. He won two Super Bowls. Or no, pardon me, won a Super Bowl, went to another one. They've been a perennial playoff contender. And Sean McVay did not want to lose Thomas Brown off of that staff. But we were going to pay him more. It was a promotion. So Thomas Brown's a Carolina Panther now, and I think that matters. Thomas Brown, you know, we, we've talked about the differences between Bryce and CJ Stroud. You're going to have to bend your offense around what these players do well. And I feel like Thomas Brown knows that. And putting that young quarterback, especially a rookie quarterback, in a in a position to be successful, that's going to be the most pivotal thing for the Carolina Panthers that begins and ends with Thomas Brown. To me, Brown's the guy. He's going to be the determining factor on how good our quarterback is this season. You know, the thing mentioned Thomas Brown, I didn't think about it until really in hindsight uh, when they were doing the combine coverage and they were talking about the large contingent of, of Pat, Panthers coaches that went down there and they would yeah. name off Frank Wright. Uh, they'd name off David Tepper. They'd name off Nicole Tepper and all these people. They never mentioned Thomas Brown. Like they never mentioned that Thomas Brown was there, even though he was there and he's the offensive coordinator. They would mention Josh McCown before they mentioned Thomas Brown. Something about that always bothered me. Um, And I'm hoping he gets an opportunity this season to really show that he can shine on his own. I think there's three or four future head coaches on the staff, (laughs) which is nuts. When you sit back and just look at it, like McCown's probably going to be one. Brown's going to probably be one. Idro's probably going to be one. Uh, I'm probably forgetting two or three. Uh, uh, Deuce is probably going to be one. I mean, like, this is – there's a there's a picture a long time ago of like the uh I think it was like the 1995 Green Bay Packers the ones the ones that won the Super Bowl and it's like the group photo like them sitting in the bleachers the whole team or whatever and the coaching staff yeah. and if you go through the coaching staff there's like like nine dudes <laughs> end up becoming head coaches like over the next like eight years or something I feel like we're gonna do that with this team we're gonna look at the picture and go oh remember when Ezra was the the defensive coordinator and we had Thomas Brown on the other side and yeah. we did all this and that and we were arguing those were the days uh, yeah remember all that? before we won that I, ring I, I'm hoping that oh. that's off the wake of a of a Super Bowl right? yeah I know right? remember they they took us to the Super Bowl and yeah <laughs> and then we lost yeah. all of them like they all disappeared they're all like 35 years old um let's see what next one in here that we got for this morning thanks to everybody that's checking in with us uh word kind of got out last week about the show. Uh, and people are starting to stop by. I appreciate everybody that's coming through this morning uh, as we get you ready for your uh, your weekday. 
in your upcoming week uh, here on Embrace Debate, which will be a bigger threat in the Panthers' offense uh, out of the new uh, free agent pickups that they brought in? Tight end Hayden Hurst or running back Miles Sanders? Uh, Cody, let's start off with you. I'm going Hayden Hurst, man. What are we talking about? The Carolina Panthers have not had a top-flight receiving tight end since Greg Olson. You can literally make the case that it has been the, the missing ingredient in our offense. I mean, uh, keep in mind, Hayden Hurst had 400-something yards, almost 500 yards, on a team that had Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Okay? That guy is uh, he's a reception waiting to happen. And look, man, he's a South Carolina guy, and I'm a Clemson fan. So when I'm willing to put my biases aside That's to real. hype up a Gamecock, come That's on, bro. You know he's the real deal. Give me a break. Hayden Hurst is the man. We need that pass catching tight end badly. And if it's Bryce or CJ, nothing is more of a security blanket for your young quarterback than a bad tight end that can do it all. I'm going Hayden Hurst. Monty? I'm, I'm gonna raise you and go Miles Sanders, man. Um, I look and for the for the record, I don't disagree with a lot of what you said there, Cody. So I mean, I I is as civil as we're keeping. I don't really disagree. <laughs> don't with you. Quite <laughs> right. But that being said, um, I think you know the I, three biggest things you give a rookie quarterback is, or really four, is a defense, offensive line, a run game, and then tight end. You know, and I feel like those are the four, and we've checked all four boxes. Tight end would be the bottom of that list, in my opinion. You know, I, I feel like you got to give your rookie, uh, you know, your rookie quarterback a run game, a solid run game. Miles Sanders proved last year, you know, he's a top 10 running back, you know, when healthy behind a decent offensive line. I believe we have a good enough offensive line for him to kind of repeat or, you know, have a similar year that he had last season. You know, I'm not going to expect him to have that type of season last year that he, I mean, for, you know, for this season, but I believe that he has that potential in him. And yeah, man, I, I believe that Miles Sanders is still young. He, he chose and wanted to be here. So, you know, I feel like we're going to get the best out of Miles Sanders this year as well. You know, he I think that ties with, with Deuce is, is very real. So, yeah, man, I, I think Hayden Hurst is a, is a great addition as well. I think Miles Sanders will just offers a little bit more offensively. You know, I believe he, he's a he's a very underrated pass catcher outside of the backfield. Um, fast, and, you know, I think he's a very underrated third down, three down back. And, you know, and we I can't overstate that's very important when adding a rookie quarterback to the mix. We got the offensive line. Um, yeah, I, I'm all in on Miles, man. Yeah, I can see both because both are basically like uh, safety valves for the quarterback, you know, right, that yeah. check down, you know, that kind of thing. So either one could be interchangeable, I guess, there. Uh, I'm intrigued to see Sanders in, behind this offensive line because um, I don't think it's too much of a drop off from where he came from in Philly. No. In fact, some aspects of it might be stronger. I, I really feel like our offensive line is going to be a top five unit at the end of this group. Right. Healthy and back that cohesive unit from last year, I think they'll be just fine, um, which is why I kind of. I'm not so worried about who they pick at quarterback anymore, although I'm on the Bryce Young train. I, I, I've been there for the past probably going about 10 days now, and I'm pretty comfortable with it. Like, And, that, and now I know because we're about a couple weeks out, and if I'm sitting there and I'm thinking that right now on the 17th, I'm probably going to be thinking it next week too. So unless something wild happens, which I, I have no idea what that could even be, <laughs> but unless yeah. something crazy happens, I'm, I'm sticking with the Bryce Young thing. Um, and, yeah, I can I could see – uh, the debate for both of those. Um, this is a pass happy league, though. So, Hurst, well, Sanders yeah. catches a lot out of the backfield, too. So, um, then, then he but you can also there. put Hayden on the line of scrimmage, and he's going to be pass protecting, too. He he does a little bit of everything to make your rookie quarterback's life a little bit easier. What do you guys think about Tommy Trimble? 
I, 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 you know what? I'll be honest, Des. I was, I have never been a big Tommy, Tommy Trumbull fan. You know, even when we drafted him, you know, I, I thought he would. I think he's better as a fullback than tight end. Mm. Um, you know, that's another reason why I also believe that you know tight end is a real, real option at thirty nine. You know, because if you can add somebody like a Darnell Washington, you know, and pair him with Hayden Hurst, I think you know you're you're cooking with something there, man. I Tommy Trumbull just he doesn't do it for me. You know, I, I feel like he does have the athleticism and, and you know, the potential to be, you know, to be a, a better tight end than what he, he's shown on the field. But and and again, I don't want to rag on him because he's he he had to go through Matt Rule two years. Yeah, you know? he was a Matt Rule selection. That's what yeah, I'm saying, know? man. Like, uh-huh. yeah. so, so Cody, uh, before you kill me, man, I get it. I get it, brother. I'm just I don't know, man. <laughs> like he's uh, ne- they're, they're never they're never gonna get better as players unless they see the football field. Like they have to get the reps in order to get better as Terrence our young Martin players. That Bradley Bozeman. Bradley yep. Bozeman was sitting the dude. So you have to give these guys oh, time man. to perform. He's incredibly tough on the line of scrimmage. And I do think that he can be a better pass catcher, even though it's something that he wasn't asked to do a lot here. He wasn't asked to do a lot at Notre Dame. I tell you what, I'm more excited about the upside of Tommy Trimble than I am Ian Thomas. Who's been here what a decade now and still hasn't really done anything? Like, I mean, got an come on, man! I don't even know yeah, he got, how he got paid. I have I no know. clue, dude. Bro, like, he knows some voodoo or something, <laughs> man. Came in the office and they're like, "Who are you again?" Oh, oh, you yeah. Oh, right? yeah, I remember you. Yeah, throw a couple, throw a bag at him. He's, he's good. Yeah, yeah. Matt Rule, man. We're gonna look back at this Matt Rule era. That's a actually. I don't even think this is a debate. Is the Matt Rule era the worst era in the history of Carolina Panther football? By far. By, by far. far, he's such a clown, dude. By far. He's such it's a. Like, I'm just trying to think. Nick of oil sales, man. Like even with even with like George Seifert, there was there was yeah. a bright spot someplace. Say, even as a brand new franchise, we were a hell of a lot more competitive. You know, Dom, than we yeah, Dom Capers. Dom Capers had us in the the uh, playoffs. The, the, the not just the playoffs, the, the the division championship round against Green Bay in two, we, two years. <laughs> we had some diehard Panther fans that would refuse to watch on Sunday because they already knew the outcome and they <laughs> oh, were really? not wrong. Because they I, were not wrong. Honestly, I was starting to check. You know how hard it is to have to watch. Well, how hard it was to have to watch this team. Yes. you guys know because we, I mean you had to do a podcast on this every week and right. if you're doing the same show. It's like okay, Matt Rule. This is how he messed up this week. <laughs> this is what this is literally what happened last week. But it's the same. Well, you thing. knew you knew it was real when fans just stopped going to the games. You know, yeah. and that's and that's really what yeah. you know. This last year, I I probably I have never seen you know a full red out game when y'all uh, you know what was it? Was I was just about to say. That's oh, a, dude, I've never seen the Bank of America Stadium look like that. It was like. Skyler, yeah, Skyler mentioned that. Uh, Skyler, my co-host on Believe in Panthers, uh, the beat writer for the Panthers for Sports Illustrated, he messaged us from the stadium, like like a right around twelve thirty before kickoff, and he sent me and uh, Jonathan Stewart a picture, a snapshot of inside. He was like, "Dude, it is blood red in here." Yeah, because <laughs> like, we were playing it like that. And then on TV, it looked worse. Like it looked yeah. like we were in San Francisco, and we were all talking. We we're like, "This is probably Matt Rule's last game." Like, and you know what? I'm glad you said that because that felt like the very moment that David Tepper said, all right, man. Yeah, this clearly is not it, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. And just now that it's over and just, <laughs> man, <laughs> just three years, it's just gone. Like, it's just ridiculous. Uh, but we're in a better spot now. Ten seconds left. Panthers down by four. You need a touchdown to win. I switched this up a little bit from the question we, we did on Sunday because I thought it might be a little too easy. 
You need 20 yards to score. Who do you trust to score? Cam Newton to Ted Ginn Jr. or Sam Darnold to Steve Smith? There's a whole lot of stuff going on here <laughs> in this question. Like, it's got to be a pass. It can't be Cam just you oh. know, trucking somebody and getting in the end zone. Like, he's got to complete this. Who do you? And he's throwing it to Ted Ginn. <laughs> so who do you? See, I thought it was. I thought it was going to be KB. I thought uh-huh. it was I thought about it. I was like, nah, that sounds oh, too easy because KB could actually. He was actually pretty good at red zone. Yeah, uh, he was a fifty-fifty. He was a fifty-fifty ball catcher. Uh huh. But Ted Ginn, you're taking your chances now. Like he might catch uh, the eighty-yard pass. He might drop that ten. That ten uh, foot drop. <laughs> you don't know. So are you going Cam Newton to Ted Ginn for the score, or are you going Sam Darnold to Steve Smith for the score? And Again, this is so this is so loaded because it's like you can't do it based off of just one of those players <laughs> in the scenario. You got to seriously think about the other side. Like, can Sam deliver that ball to a point where Steve can actually go get it? Can Ted Ginn grab the ball that Cam Newton's going to rifle in there at 100 miles an hour? Like, I, I painted the picture. I'm going Cam. I'm going Cam Ginn because we've seen it. We've at least seen some. You know, we. We've seen Tegan be a, a decent receiver. We've seen Cam Newton at, at his height, at the height of his career, be you know the best quarterback in football. We've never seen Sam Darnold be a, even have decent quarterback over you know over a season, over a long period of time. You know, maybe four games here or there. We've never seen Sam Darnold, be, and I just, I just don't trust Sam. Darnold. I don't trust Sam Darnold throw a bag of chips across the room. <laughs> so you know, so to, to get me twenty yards is a C Smith. I just I don't do it, man. I, I'm going Cam Newton with all the drops and everything. I'm, I'm going. Bro, people really make fun of Sam. Like Sam did not play the best football of his entire career down the stretch. For the Carolina Panthers, so man, dude, he had he had some, dude, he had some incredible passes to DJ Moore at the end of last season, putting the ball right where it needed to be. Listen, uh, when I when I thought this, I, I know, man. Look, when I thought this was Calvin Benjamin, it made it even easier. I'm a I'm a big fan of Ted Ginn Jr., but I'm still going Sam and Steve Smith for this, just because Steve Smith. In the end zone, bro, it's a guarantee. It's an absolute guarantee. It's got to be catchable. Somebody mentioned Sam ain't even going to get the pass off. That was chunk. Sam ain't no, even that's not off. real. Yeah, yeah, that's not real, man. I don't trust Sam to throw me my keys across the room, brother. Nonetheless, <laughs> bro, throw the ball. In there. Dude, <laughs> I'm just saying, y'all not ready for this Sam Donald restoration tour that's about to happen in San Francisco, bro. Hey, Put him on the he's best. He's probably going to get a shot to play because they've. And they've, he's a five year veteran now. Yeah, so y'all think y'all think Sam Darnold's better than Brock Purdy? Yeah. Hmm. Well, we, saw five, bro, we saw five games of Brock Purdy, and everybody's trying to anoint this he dude. Five like, games of Sam Darnold. <laughs> so, and he's kind of using the same type of. I mean, he's got Christian McCaffrey behind him in right. both situations, yeah. so it's almost like is CMC kind of hiding the the right. flaws of both. Uh, that, so that may be true. That may be no. true. Now, realistically speaking, Purdy's coming off of the Tommy John surgery. I don't, I don't think he's going to. You know, I seriously, I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be the same quarterback. You know, we saw how Jake, how Jake's career damn near ended after that surgery. You know, so I, that's a that's a tough uh, you know injury to come back from from everything I've read. So I, I, I'm praying for Brock Purdy, but 
I would hate to be a San Francisco fan right now with the quarterback room they have. That's that's all I'm saying. Bro, Sam's gonna be all right. Y'all not ready for this for this <laughs> for this restoration project. Sam Darnold tour. The NFL is gonna have to behold, man. It's not a coincidence you put him on the Panthers last year with Steve Wilkes. We had the good old line. We had DJ Moore. Now you're gonna put him on one of the best offensive rosters in the NFL, and now he's gonna be the one to mess it up. Nah, man, Sam is about to do something. Y'all not ready for it. I'm seeing some comments come across. Uh, we're live right now. I don't know if this just dropped or not, but uh, Jalen Hurts, did he just sign a contract? You got 255, 180 guarantee. Is that right? Let me hit Hold on a second now, because that if that's the case, uh, Lamar Jackson is probably spray painting the side of uh, <laughs> oh, he is, he, oh, yeah, hey, that is right real. now. It's like, that yo, yeah, that's real. Oh, Five-year deal, $255 million. That's yep. real. It makes it, it – uh, that, that, that extension makes him the highest-paid player in NFL history. Yes, oh it does. So what, what is that per year? Like 50-something? 50, uh, yeah, that's got to be at least 51, 52 per year, man. Oh, he, uh, Lamar Jackson is about to set fire to – 100, 179.30 million of that is guaranteed and there's a no trade clause wow wow that that wow that's how you start off a monday jalen your money 179 guaranteed look yo i'm i'm changing up the end of this it's not even panther related (laughs) (laughs) we got to talk about our boy if you're Lamar Jackson, what do you do at this point? Like right now, like immediately, I'm gone. Odell Beckham Jr. What do you do if you're him and you wake up this morning and you see that and you're like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. Like, like, what, what, what is the? I, I I just don't understand. I, I get the injury part of it. I get the. I I don't get the money part of it. I can't see there say I, I get the money part of not paying Lamar. He's a he's only what 26 former yeah. MVP. Yeah, and healthy. <laughs> Top five quarterback in the NFL. I don't even think I, he's lost double digit games like in his career. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's frustrating now. My Jalen Hurts deserves a contract extension. Let's let's not act like he doesn't deserve it. this. Is less to do about Jalen Hurts, more to do about the NFL has to do something about you know this is just Lamar Jackson situation. It is it is ridiculous to what see can that. They do? Like that, that's the thing. Like what can what's the number now? Like what's the yeah. Jalen Hurts just got if they wait longer, it's gonna get worse because Joe Burrow's coming up. Yeah, right. Herbert's coming Herbert's up. coming up. But uh, uh was that amount of guarantees more than what Deshaun got from the Browns? Because no, my under my understanding Deshaun's is guaranteed. Yeah. So okay, listen. It, yeah, there's no reason why Lamar can't have a contract on this. He's gonna have to concede a little bit on the guaranteed aspect. Mm-hmm. There's no reason, in my opinion, why Lamar couldn't get a contract very similar to Jalen Hurts. The problem is, is are the Ravens gonna be the one to do it? If, if he's not willing to come down on the guaranteed, then I, I don't know, man. This might continue to be something that we're talking about for a long time. But if you're Lamar Jackson, should you come down? Do, do you feel like you should come down? See, that's the problem. You've waited out this long, and now yeah. it's like it's almost going to look like you're you're giving in. Like, yeah. you're, you know, it's, which you might have to do, but sucks, you don't want to. And then you got to go back in that locker room. You know what I mean? Like these players have been sticking up for you. You're representing them. And then for them, if they see that, okay, he take he took less than what Jalen Hurts just got. And Jalen Hurts has had one good year. I've had a good year every yeah, year. Yeah, but he year. went to a Super Bowl, though. Like, listen, I'm not trying to take no shots at Lamar, 
but you can make legit questions about his history in the playoffs. He has been hurt a lot. He doesn't have great numbers in the playoffs, man. And I I think that that matters. People want to pretend like it doesn't matter. I promise you it does. If he had gone to an AFC championship game, the Ravens would have already paid him by now. But But does it it, matter enough? But I mean, but he puts people in seats. That's money. You know, I mean, that that's yeah. something too that people don't talk about. Like they're not coming, they're not coming to Baltimore to watch uh I can't even name Mark Andrews. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. Lamar Jackson with? You know, that's the real question. You know, who yeah. do you into that room to replace Lamar Jackson with? And Are they still selling out with Tyler Huntley at quarterback? Right. You know, that kind of thing. Yes. Like, I mean, they can kind of run the same offense, but it's not the same. And it's 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 not Lamar back there. I mean, right. the whole team is built around Lamar. So if anything, did you, we should get more just for that sole purpose. Like they did, can't do anything without him, really. Do you think that you know with Odell Beckham signing, OBJ thought, okay, there's a deal incoming for Lamar Jackson? Because why do you even sign with the Ravens if you're not gonna have Lamar throwing you the football? Yeah, that, that's See, the and, I've had friends that are Ravens fans that were on my on my uh in my text messages going all crazy because they thought it meant for sure that he was going to play because there was pictures of them in the club the night before and all those stuff. I'm like, sorry, yeah. they're just young folks with money. Like, you know, they ain't got to be saying that <laughs> right. they're going to, you know what I mean? Like, that don't mean anything. Like, they yeah. just know each other and they got money. They went out to the club together in Miami. <laughs> I mean, they, they just went out. But then Odell actually made it a little bit murkier last week where he was saying. uh you know, he knows that it's not him signing is not a guarantee Lamar's going to be there, but he feels pretty confident. They're all saying the right things. Odell didn't sign there because of Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. He signed there because they gave him $15 million. And he's coming off of a year with a uh, a leg injury where he's not even going to be 100% next year. Yeah. And he's going to get $15 million, and then he can go wherever he wants after that. Yeah. yeah I'll go there. I believe Odell realized the market for him isn't as big as he thought it was initially was going to be as well. You know, right? So, yeah, I think that he sees that th- there aren't many teams that's going to pay you fifteen million. You know that that he initially thought. So yeah, I, I believe that that wasn't fully because of Lamar Jackson. But I do, you know, I I, I do want to see Lamar Jackson back in Baltimore. You know, I'll be honest, with you, I feel like that's you know he's built something to him. Uh, you know, in Baltimore, I think he's he might be done with you know it's kind of disrespectful that hasn't got paid yet. But you know, I, I feel like you know they have pieces there in Baltimore. It's just it's been a murky situation this whole time, man. Twan Dunn from uh the seven oh four uh Charlotte Bound show checking in with us. Uh he they're they're just now on uh the Keep Pounding Podcast Network as well. You can go catch his interview with Bradley Bozeman from last week. It's on the uh, network. Just go to Spotify or Google or wherever and search. Uh you'll be able to find it there. Uh before we get out of here though, real quick from the uh from the gallery, Alexander Blonde says Cam gonna be a Raven watch. The thoughts on Cam Newton possibly ending up in Baltimore when all this is said and done, or do you think Cam is done? I think Cam is done. <laughs> to be honest, like, bro, I, it makes me sad. Yeah. it makes me sad watching my hero having no, to, like. I mean, now he's more famous for his beef with Shannon Sharp than than he is playing football. I mean, it's, it's, it's the fonts that he uses on social media, or yeah, yeah man, pro day. Yeah, like, come on, man, like it's. This is this is if Carolina hadn't brought him back two years ago, we'd be talking about a guy that hadn't played in three years, you know? Yeah. And even then when he came back, he didn't really play uh when he was in Carolina, um, which made me think that Matt Rule did not want him back <laughs> to begin with. That was a David yeah. Tepper move to try to salvage the season. A hundred percent. And and it just didn't work out because Rule didn't play him. Um, so uh he just needs to retire. I think this I think it's time. 
Gerald McCoy retired earlier last week. Cam, it's fine. You got plenty of other things going on. There I like to go. see yeah. the next chapter and like what you're, what you're doing. Like, you know, getting think, maybe ownership or you know, talk about it enough. I think he would be an amazing quarterback coach. I think so too. Actually, I, I, really I do think too. He would be an amazing quarterback coach, especially for this new era of players and you know, and quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They all gravitate to Cam. You know, they all look at him like that big brother kind of feel. I think he would be an amazing quarterback coach. I, I would add, look at awesome have. yeah. Look at how many players have come to his seven on seven. Right. I mean, Deshaun Watson, Justin Fields. I mean, so many guys have been a part of that. I think he really does have a a gift to be able to speak to these young guys and help them in their career. Yeah, I think that would be great. I'm just tired of seeing seeing things like they are, man. It feels like yeah. like like he's begging for a job that nobody's yeah, willing that's to why give I don't, him. Yeah, I don't, you don't need to do that, Cam. Like, it's not a good look, man. Go play in the XFL or something if you really want to play, but if yeah, it's, it's like to prove some point at this point, it's it's got lost in the wash. Good and faithful right. podcast says, "What's up with the news? That AR bought a condo in Charlotte. I saw that on Twitter too. I don't really know." I think that was confirmed. That was fake. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think that makes any sense for him to do that two weeks before the draft. Like they wouldn't have even told him that he's the number one pick. So, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to be. And then actually, we're going to save this one maybe for next week from Chunk. If Cam retires now, he won't make the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, we're going to save that one for next week. Is Cam Newton a Hall of Famer if he retired? I mean, would, would he make the Hall of Fame if he was able to play? I, I don't I don't know, man. That's I, a I mean, question. more like if he didn't play another down just off of what he's done already in his career, is he yeah. a Hall of Famer? And I've had this conversation before with people. Uh, I'll save my, my retorts for that next yeah. week. We'll we'll do that one next week for sure. Uh, is Cam Newton a Hall of Famer? We run a little bit over. I know Monty's got to get out of here. Uh, Cody got things to do. I got to get out of here, too. Appreciate everybody coming in uh, and checking us out this morning uh, as the show gets bigger and bigger as we come on each week. We're on 1030 a.m. live every Monday morning. Keep Pounding Podcast Network, part of the Fans First Sports Network, brand new podcast network made by survivors of the SB Nation podcast cuts, basically. Uh, started from the guys that have one of the biggest uh, Steeler podcasts uh, in the country. <clears throat> Came in, built all this together, uh, brought me on to build a Panthers uh, channel, and we're happy to have Monty and Cody on on Embrace Debate. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. You guys have a great week. Check out uh, Cat's Cave tomorrow with uh, Michael Davis and Ryan Frick here on the Keep Handing Network. That'll drop sometime tomorrow morning. Uh, Just check here on the YouTube channel and all major podcast platforms. Keep handing. Keep pounding.